one of the sponsors that were with them just said, look, the international language is love. Just show them that you love them. And as soon as we walked in the door, Byron, it's like we just made an instant connection with these boys. Take this opportunity. Come meet them. I promise it will be life transforming just to see eight boys that are in desperate need of love in a home. That's just a representation of millions of kids around the world. And you might say, well, I can't really do anything to help at all. But just coming and loving on them and praying with them and just being aware of what's going on. In Moldova and Ukraine, 60% of orphan girls will get trafficked. 12% will commit suicide before their 18th birthday. Almost 50% will die before their 21st birthday. Lonely, scared, angry, hurt, depressed, forgotten. These words describe life for most orphans living in institutional housing in Moldova and Ukraine. Suicide rates are 10 to 15% for orphans. 60% females get sex trafficked. 48% orphans in these two options die before their 21st birthday. Can you believe it? Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. I start off with some very depressing, sad news, but you and I know there's hope. And that's why we're here today to talk about hope, roads of hope that take these young people in Eastern Europe that are in this dismal place, high stats for these conditions, and Jesus Christ, he's the answer. I want to welcome you to our show today and trying to figure out where to begin, because I guess it started yesterday. In the studio right now, Stephanie and Charlie Schaefer. The Schaefers are in Olive Branch on staff at First Baptist Church of Olive Branch, where Charlie serves as the associate pastor of Median and Young Adults. His wife, Stephanie, here works for Nix. Is that right? Nix and North Star Academy. This family stays quite busy. She reached out to me. She was having, I think, coffee or something yesterday with one of my new friends with the Chronological Bible. Uh, Iva May. Iva May. And they were visiting. And then when I saw what was on the Schaefer's heart through their Facebook page, I said, we've, we've got to bring them in and see if we can do this. And we also want to welcome, who's traveling somewhere in Alabama right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> Dr. Joe Savage, who is the director of the group Roads of Hope. And so we're going to be sharing together with these. But Joe, can you hear us? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, great. Well, we want to welcome you to Mid-South Viewpoint and to our program here, Reaching Memphis and the Mid-South. Charlie, these stats I was opening up with, this is pretty staggering. I know this has touched your heart. Mm-hmm. Stephanie told me recently you guys had taken a family trip down to Florida, Orange Beach, I believe, which I guess that's Alabama, is it? Or? Yes. Alabama. And, but you had this opportunity to connect with some orphan boys from the Ukraine. How did you even know that they were there? I told the story recently. It probably goes back about six, seven, eight years. We were able to be a part of Shore Ministries, Charlie and Suzanne Grigsby. We had gone to a couple of their retreats. Really good friends of ours have been mentors of ours since we came to town back in uh, 2002, 2002, 2003. So they had a retreat at Orange Beach, and we went, and uh, they asked us to go and cook. So we took our family, our children at the time, two young girls and one of our college kids. I was in the college ministry, and so she watched them. We cooked for the retreat, stayed in this condominium. Stephanie happened to leave a Bible study book on one of the bedside tables. And so the owner, who was kind enough to allow Shore to use their condo, found that. Bless her heart, she started to look through it. 
she found some things that Stephanie was writing about in the in journaling in that Bible study book about our walk together, her walk with the Lord. She was touched by the Lord, and so she contacted Stephanie. And so that started the friendship with Barbara and Stephanie. So through the years, they've been kind enough to allow us to use their condo in Orange Beach. So we took a vacation a couple weeks ago. I tan easy, as you can tell. <laughs> and so we had a blast at the beach, but we had planned. We were all so much looking forward, Byron, to visiting Roads of Hope in Mobile. And so we just, we were so pumped when we woke up, had a game plan to go shopping. I kind of wish we would have taken advantage of the Walmart order and pickup thing Yeah, because it was crazy. It's like we were $100 over budget, okay? It was a lot of fun. We had a blast. So, and then going over there, we just prayed that it wouldn't be awkward. They didn't speak English. Of course, we don't speak Russian. So when we got there, it was incredible. One of the sponsors that were with them just said, look, the international language is love. Just show them that you love them. And as soon as we walked in the door, Byron, it's like we just made an instant connection with these boys, the house parent at the time. So we had fun with them. Stephanie had one of the Ukrainian boys hovering over her and helping her in the kitchen. She built a relationship with him. We're outside throwing footballs and playing baseball, and all of a sudden one comes around the corner with a soccer ball and blew us all away. (laughs) So we had spaghetti and pizza and just had a fun time, some, some ice cream. And then when we left... It broke our hearts that we had to leave. Uh, Stephanie told me yesterday, she said, when I was getting ready to leave, it was like, did I forget my purse? Did I leave something that I need to take and put in the car? But it wasn't, Stephanie. It was something different, something deeper that really tugged on your heart. That's correct. It was overwhelming feeling that I literally could not walk out the door. I was running around in circles in the house. (laughs) They probably thought, what is she doing? When is she leaving? Yeah, Yeah. But we all just kind of stood there. It was like, there's something more. We have to take someone with us. Was it one of the boys? It was just really difficult to leave. When we got in the car, we were crying. And I just said, let's just pray. And we started crying out to God, what's next? But before that, before we got in the car, I looked at Andre, one of the translators there with them. And I said, y'all have got to come to Olive Branch. Will you come to Olive Branch? And he's like, yes, because I built a good connection with him. And he's like, yeah, we want to come. We will come. <laughs> and so we just started praying in the car. This come. literally has taken place in the last how many weeks? How long ago is this? Almost three weeks. Almost three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then the time that you guys called me. And here we are today with our friends at Bot Radio Network, AM640, FM100.7, and the new FM93.7. We want to get the word out because this is kind of a short notice, but an invitation to connect with this work that's going to take place. There's going to be a series of events that are going to take place over the next few days, starting on Sunday night. And we're going to give the details about that and learn more about these Ukrainian orphans. But before we do, I want to lay a little groundwork. We've got Dr. Joe on the line. I hope Dr. Joe is still there. Joe, I'm so glad. When did your journey to Eastern Europe first begin? Well, actually, back when I was in college, I played baseball, and athletes actually invited me to, to go with them. That was in 1989, back when communism uh, was still reigning across Eastern Europe, and the old Soviet Union was our evil villain over across the water. We went into Moscow on 4th of July, 1989, to play baseball, and of course, to share the gospel as well. And during that trip, I just fell in love with the people. I saw the, their plight people hungry for something more. So right after the fall of communism, at the age of 23, I led my first team, 10 college students crazy enough to go with a 23-year-old into uh, Romania right after it had fallen and and started doing work there ever since. But this specific work that's involved with these kids was in 2015. I was the dean of the Christian Ministries Department at the University of Mobile 
and I had students wanting to work in the working care and also against trafficking. And I knew the country of Moldova, small little place over near Ukraine, that country had a pretty substantial problem with number of orphans and it ground zero for human trafficking. So wow. I took students over simply to a mission trip. While I was there, I'm staying amongst 440 orphans, and I knew the statistics. I'm looking at these 14- and 15-year-old girls, knowing they're about to age out and have the same hopes and dreams of anyone that age, but yet they didn't realize what was on the other side of the orphan wall waiting for them, and that's the, the trafficker. So we just prayed right there on the spot, and a, a pastor friend of mine, and we began to talk about what can we do. And this is true, Byron. Exactly what happened is, I'm like, well, why come we can't have a house, like build a house and have some these orphan girls come and live there when they age out, get house parents, keep them in school, teach them about Christ, teach them what family is, show them love. And he said, well, it's probably going to be $125,000 to get a house, plus we've got to find the right house parents, plus we got to gain access to the kids. And I'm like, yeah. And we stood there in the middle of that largest orphanage in Moldova and prayed, God, if you want us to do this, you got to make a way. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to do it. We don't have time to do it, but you put it in front of us. So, Lord, if this is what you want, provide us a house, house parents, and the kids. In Jesus' name, we'll do it. Amen. Three days later, I had a house, house parents, and three kids. That's part of the journey. <laughs> That's how it started. Um, now, multiple homes, and now I was hosting these kids from Ukraine this direction and, and just trying to penetrate that dark, evil world of trafficking basically get these kids before the bad guys do because right. as the, the statistics that you showed earlier it's horrendous and it's not very hopeful for the for an orphan once they age out so we're there with arms open wide to say hey we got a plan for you some days i feel like we're not making much headway but then i look at these individual kids and i realize that it's significant work because god created every one of those kids in his image and he's the yes he did one of them. yes he is well, you know, Joe, I was thinking about an interview I did a few years back with Dr. Jajenko. I don't speak Russian either, but she was the education secretary in the former Soviet Union. After the collapse, as you mentioned, there was this moral vacuum that really took place in the Soviet Union, former Soviet Union, as the walls were coming down and people were experiencing freedom for the first time. I remember her saying that she was given an assignment by the president of Russia to find out how can we find a balance for our kids that are committing suicide. There's all these other issues. It took a three-year project, she discovered that 70 years prior to the revolution, the Russian people read their Bibles. That became a project, and so I don't know if it's still happening now today, because I know times change, but she was given the task of teaching the Bible in all the Russian public schools so they would have some kind of moral foundation. It was through that experience that she actually came to know Jesus Christ as her Savior. But as you talk about the changes that took place, you were there. I mean, this was historical moments right after that happening. You were right there. What do you see as the primary cause of this growing orphan population in Moldova and the Ukraine together? Well, there's a, there's a lot of factors that play into it. First and foremost, if you go back historically, when you have a communist state, communist government like the Soviet Union, basically everyone is a ward of the state. No one owns any property, their apartments and homes and all. I mean, they might stay there, but at the end of the day, the government owns it. And what happened oftentimes is families that were very poor would take their kids to these orphanages and drop them all. So there's a mentality that's still left over today, this many years later. Hey, the state can take care of my child better than I can. And so that attributes to a lot of the 
large numbers. I mean, in Ukraine alone, a conservative number is at least 100,000 children are living in their orphan system right now. Most of those kids would actually have parents still. But like the children that we primarily work with are the children who are literally a ward of the state, meaning they don't have any parents at all or parental rights have been taken. And then what happens is the economy in those two countries, it's the, the poorest two countries in Europe, while they pay European prices for things uh, such as equivalent tires, at the same time, you have an economy where the average person is making $250 per month. And corruption is from the highest of levels. The halls of their parliament is full of corruption. Doesn't mean all of them are. Certainly there's some great congressmen, as we would call them. Uh, but there's a lot of evil, a lot of corruption. A lot of the laws are set up that uh, certainly just almost feed into this whole trafficking arena. All right. But, uh, but Byron, I, I call it the trifecta of traffickers. Let me tell you what that means. Is that in that part of the world, for whatever reason, genetically, the females uh, typically are very, very attractive. Physically, that would be. And there's old legends why that is and, and so forth. But what happens is when they can get these very pretty attractive females then they can get more money for them once they prostitute them out or sell them on, on like a black market type system. So the girls are pretty. Secondly, the girls are poor, or in the boys both. These orphans are poor, meaning they're willing to go leave the country for work. And third, they're parentless. And there's the real key, because if a kid is parentless and they leave the country to go work once they age out, no one's coming to see them. No one's calling them. No one's asking about them. And that's how come the traffickers know. If I can take this pretty girl or this hardworking boy, we can go take them to another country. We can take their passport, take their, their cell phones, and no one's ever going to come come look for them. Then they, they get home at that point. Well, and uh, and it's, 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 it's horrible. And also, Joe, as you mentioned, the, the institutions there, I guess the state-run orphanages, is there corruption in those where these young people are being sold on the black market through these orphanages where you would hope there would be some safety, but you never know? Yeah, and I, I have to be very cautious on how I say some of this, and I said it up front, you're exactly right. And there are places that, in my opinion, are extremely corrupt. I know of one orphanage, for instance, that was quite large, that has 440 orphans in it four years ago. Now they're down to 62. The government would say that's because we're trying to adhere to the European Union, because the European Union says, we don't like your orphan problem. You need to lower your numbers. And so one of the ways they lower their numbers is by, quote, trying to foster children. Well, the problem is when you have corruption, the children might legally be fostered, but that doesn't mean that that's what's really going on. Right. So what happens is a lot of those older boys and some of the girls will get labor traffic to go to work on farms. Some of those girls and uh, even the children are getting sex trafficked out of some of those orphanages. But that big, that large orphanage I'm talking about went from 440 to 62. I confronted them about it and wow. said, where are the kids going? And they were evasive, of course. I pressed the issue. Ultimately, they admitted to me. This one worker said, well, I just pray and hope that the kids end up with the right people. 
It seems like that the Roads of Hope has a pretty good working relationship with government authorities there. I mean, you're able to bring Ukrainian youth here to the United States. I guess, are you able to also help arrange adoptions for these children? Well, let me just put it this way. So I know what to say. It is absolutely boring. Right. Y'all still hear me okay? Yeah, you might want to go back to your handset now. Yeah, hang on just a second. And let's remind our friends listening on AM640 and FM100.7, the new 93.7, we are talking about a ministry called Roads of Hope, working with orphan children, Eastern Europe area of the Ukraine and Moldova. Really thankful to have with us the Schaefers here. We've got Stephanie and Charlie from Olive Branch, and there's some events coming up that we want to connect you with. These eight, Stephanie? Eight orphan boys eight will orphan, be coming. They're on their way this weekend starting Sunday night, Sunday right? night, July 28th. Give me some details there. And they'll arrive then, and then we've got a big schedule. Monday morning we will be live on Channel 3 with Mary Beth Conley at 9 a.m., and then we're going to have a big pastor's lunch. Pastors and staff members are welcome to come to the Nix campus in South Haven, Mississippi, and hear from Joe and meet the boys and have a great lunch. So now, should pastors RSVP for that? Like yes. those listening right now, pastors and staff should call what number? They can call 662-812-3301. Also, there's an email that have gone out to some pastors, so there's RSVP right. Google form. Do you have the address for the campus, yes. too? Yes, okay. 3790 Goodman Road East. In South Haven. Okay. And there's several buildings. It's the Network of International Christian Schools campus. And so when you come in, it's the building on the left at noon, from noon to 1, Monday the 29th. And there's other events, too. Before mm-hmm. we say goodbye, we're going to make sure we cover the agenda. Folks can be praying and possibly seeing how they might can plug into some of those, maybe help contribute to some of the, yes. the needs. Joe, are you still with us? Or are you rained out right now? No, I'm here still born rain. I mean, I am in the rainiest city in America, Mobile, Alabama. That's a, a true statement. I mean, that's not a made-up number. It's the rainiest city in America. We were talking about your relationship with the government being able to bring these boys from the Ukraine and others. Do you arrange adoptions of these children? Well, that's a two-part answer I'm going to give. One is we've been very blessed to have some really good relationships. Now, of course, There is a tremendous amount of paperwork and bureaucracy, you know, red tape that we have to go through. We have a nonprofit that's in those countries that we operate through. You know, the process to bring these kids over, and we actually, while we're bringing eight to Memphis, we actually have 19 Ukrainian orphans over here right now. That process and the papers on that started, oh gosh, at least five, maybe even six months ago. You know, we built a nice rapport with them, I believe, and that we continue to do what we say we're going to do. And certainly we try to intentionally build relationships with the orphanage director because that's where it all starts. It's there on the ground level. And we try to assist those facilities and help them and bring in humanitarian aid and, and all of that. And then in Moldova, we actually have a number of homes, like I said earlier, where we're housing kids now of all ages. So we have those relationships across the country that we've been blessed to have. But we try to navigate and stay with the people who are the right guys on the fence, not the bad guys. Typically, those people, uh, they want to see these kids find a nice home, find a life, and all of that. So that's part one. The second part of the question about adoption is we're not an adoption agency. We're not legally doing adoptions. It's not what we do. But what we do hope is that every child finds a family, and that's every child in the world. And I could raise a bunch of money and build golden palaces with every kind of game and 
fun thing to do in the world over there for these orphans. And the bottom line, Barry, is this. Every one of them, deep down, they want a family. They want a place to lay their head where they know they're loved. And, and they're a part of something. It goes back to Genesis 1 and God creating the family. And it's just innately in us to be a part of a family. And these kids don't have that. And that's what they want. So, yeah. But what happens oftentimes is we'll bring the kids over and we do what we do. We host them. We come to play. It's like Olive Branch and you know, all these other churches and locations we've gone. And inevitably, people fall in love with these children and they're interested in like, well, wow, I mean, can I adopt? And, you know, and we tell them up front, we don't do that. But if you want to talk to some people about how to do adoption, we can certainly put you in touch with them. And that's what we do is we, you know, refer them to a Hague accredited agency, help them know Exactly. Well, and I think the key the key here, Joe, is we want to make sure our listeners know, too, that you can actually come and learn more about Roads of Hope by attending some of these events that will be taking place. As Stephanie mentioned, there's a pastor's luncheon scheduled in South Haven this Monday, July the 29th at noon. Pastors, church staff, you're encouraged to learn more. Please call 662-812-3301 to be able to make sure that you can make your reservation at Nick's Network of International Christian Schools. I believe I've got that right. Joe Hill is the head of that. Great guy. 3790 Goodman Road East in South Haven from 12 to 1. But I want to make sure we get our listeners informed with the other things happening before we say goodbye because time is running quickly. So, Stephanie, what are some other things that will be taking place? The other big thing is Monday night, July 29th at 6 p.m., we're going to host Joe and the Orphan Boys at First Baptist Church of Olive Branch. And we're going to have Kona Ice of Olive Branch is going to be there. So we'll have snow cones. DeSoto Central soccer team is going to be there to do an exhibition game with them. Gosh. And then we'll have cornhole and just hanging out, yeah. having fun. fun yeah. And then Joe will speak around 7. Okay. And that time again starting at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. As you're getting off of work, just come on by and pick the kids up or wives meet the kids or husbands meet the family, whatever, and just be aware, be informed. Charlie, what part are you going to have? Kind of in the background in a way. <laughs> this has been a, an amazing ride, Byron. I'm just awareness it's all about awareness we've we've you know I, I love the analogy of just rolling out the ball when you have a bunch of kids and letting them play and that's kind of what God's done he's with the relationship we're building with Joe and Roads of Hope and the contacts that we've been able to make and people just I mean the love is pouring pouring out and so I'm just a vessel Byron, awesome. I think Stephanie would say the same thing. We created hardly any of this on our own. We set the word out, and God has really opened up a lot of doors. Charlie, something that Stephanie told me on the phone earlier was this has been something that has resonated with your entire family. Yes. You know, you've got a, I think, a three-year-old, did you say, up yes. to a 20-year-old. Yes. But these kids, these orphans, have touched the hearts of your whole family. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. we can't wait. Well, as the Bible says that undefiled religion is caring for orphans and widows. We don't have an opportunity sometimes to really connect with a real orphan. We have some ministries that work with foster care, and there are some orphans, don't get me wrong, that we have here. But there's some in these conditions, Moldova and Ukraine, the sex trafficking, the high suicide rate, and all these things that we see, the church has an opportunity, Stephanie, to really step in. They do. They're right here in front of us because, like the verse you just quoted, James one I've known that verse but I've never really been in contact with orphans face-to-face like we were. We thought we were just going to go fix a meal, hang out with them, because I wanted to make that connection with Barbara. Barbara, my friend, she's the one that has gone to church with Joe for many, many years and knew Joe. So she told me about 
the Ukraine's coming yeah. last year and this year. Wow. And I said, can we help? What can we do? And she got us in contact and that's the connection there. It's so neat. So relationships are just key, how God's going to use that. And then here we are, you know, on your show because of Iva, relationship with her. So take this opportunity, come meet them. I promise it will be life transforming just to see eight boys that are in desperate need of love and a home. That's just a representation of millions of kids around the world. And you might say, well, I can't really do anything to help at all. But just coming and loving on them and praying with them and just being aware of what's going on. Exposing your children to they can play together and hang out. I mean, that's really big. It can mean a lot for these boys. We want their welcome here to our area to be extra special so you can be part of that. We're going to have to wrap up the show here. I can see, Joe, that we're going to have to have you come back on in the future and talk more about Roads of Hope. Looking forward to having you here in our area so friends can meet you personally. And Stephanie, as you mentioned, this could be an ongoing thing. You might be able to have some orphans come back next year and have another event. We can keep our listeners updated on that. Okay, so the phone number, website, what's the main thing folks should know right now? There's a Facebook page, too, I believe. Yeah, I mean, you can get on and look at my page, Stephanie Schaefer, S-H-A-F-E-R, and um, you'll see some of my videos there, and you can message me, and I can put you in our private Facebook group, which has more details of our needs. We're still looking for a restaurant to sponsor the lunch. We've raised some funds, but it'd be nice to have a restaurant to sponsor that. Um, We're taking them shopping for pants, probably at Old Navy. We've got some people that I think are going to help sponsor that. We still need a few funds for snow cones. Maybe it would be good. But uh, one thing, the Audubon, I want to give a shout out to them, the Audubon Speedway in Memphis, the indoor track. I've not been there yet, but I heard it's amazing. They're hosting the boys, giving them rides. So we'll be there if anybody wants to come on Tuesday, July 30th at around 2, 2.30 or so we should arrive. Questions they should call. The number you gave here? They can call 662-812-3301 or get on Facebook and look for me, message me. Awesome. This has been great, guys. Schaefer's Dr. Joe Savage, thank you for what each of you are doing for Christ's kingdom to touch the lives of orphans. Well, I want to I add one quick thought. Yes, sir. And that thought is this. In the scripture, these children are called, have God as their father, right? He's the father to the fatherless. That means eight children who God is their father is coming to Olive Branch, Mississippi, and into that greater Memphis area. This coming weekend, and any pastor who wants to be learn how their church can get directly engaged in fulfilling that verse in James, that's in for widows and orphans um, that's in distress. There's no orphan more distressed than these that are coming to town, and I hope that the people will show up. And I'm so honored to be there, and it's been amazing to see. But we're coming because there's no doubt. God's doing something special, or that this was not on our schedule, but we're making it happen. So we're grateful. Thanks for having us on today. I appreciate it. Well, friends, that's all the time we do have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Don't forget the number 662-812-3301, the luncheon for pastors and their staff, Monday, July 29th, 12 to 1. Be sure and call the number, make your reservation. We're going to have to say goodbye. Thanks for listening. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. 